Which is exactly the, yeah, the point of that story. I think a huge point of it is where are you drawing your identity? Like who are you listening to tell you about who you are? Renegade Atlas, charting God's plan for your life. Hey, this is Dr. Hawk, and I'm with Matt Dowd, and we are here to discuss some crazy, wild thoughts um, today. One of the things I think we want to, we, you and I have been talking about as we've got mm-hmm. this thing, this idea churning around in our head, yeah. is we want to confront people with some innovative ideas, some old traditional ideas they maybe haven't considered, mm. and also push some buttons. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to be good at it. We don't need to be good at it. What we want to be, though, is yeah. is that force that makes people think. Yes. Agreed. I mean, right. that's what it is, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, something to, like, what do you say, stir the pot, maybe? Yeah, stir like, the pot. Talk about a safe place where we can just record what we, whatever we want to say and then it, send it out there and we don't have to... <laughs> We don't have to necessarily reap the consequences. It's not like a live radio show where somebody's going to call in and we have to answer on the spot. No, right? No, we'll just have we, to reply in the comments. We'll section. just have to, yeah. We'll have to defend ourselves later. Yeah. So yeah, we were talking about this idea, um, and we'll see where this goes. But mm-hmm. identity versus personality, mm-hmm. and then maybe what the role of Christ or one of the roles that Christ had here on the earth to us. Mm-hmm. When you were talking about, we'll, we'll kind of maybe yeah. get there eventually. Yeah. But this idea of identity versus personality, I've personally been fascinated with it for many years. Right. Because I, I'm, I'm very image driven in my life. That's yeah. important to me. And Correct. I did it wrong for a long, long time. And I'm not saying I do it right now. Mm-hmm. I'm just very cognizant of how I can do it wrong. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, I think, we, yeah, I'm, yeah, you're like, I resemble I, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, yep, yep. That sounds about right. So if that's, that's a, a good step, if that's a thing in our life, if we can recognize sometimes what drives us. And for me, mm-hmm. it certainly is identity. Um, then how I handle that in this mm-hmm. world, if I misconstrue it, then it becomes this persona. And I begin to act my life out, not be my life. Huh. Okay? So I act yeah. like an actor. So totally. I'll, I'll give you the example. Um, in 1991, I believe it was, I was at the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C. I went up there to see uh, a famous actor. I won't give names. Okay. He was doing a one-man show where he played all the parts. One of the parts he was supposed to play was himself. Huh. And the uh, Washington Post, or Times, one of them, did this interview with him. And interesting comment. He says, I can play all these other roles yeah. well, but I can't play myself. It was like the hardest part of it or whatever. Yeah, because he didn't know who he was. Not that I know. What, yeah. He, did, he spent his whole life in acting trying to portray Being somebody some, else. Yes. Yeah. Which exactly. is, Yeah. Which is probably all of our experience to some extent, you know. So how do we unlearn that? Hmm. You know, what's this? What does it mean to shed a persona or the personality, and develop and let your own identity mm-hmm. bloom? Yeah, yeah. And why are we afraid of that? Right. Oh yeah, that's a good question. 
because that <laughs> that's got layers deep to it, you know. Yeah. Like, why are we afraid of it? What are we afraid to find out? Are we afraid of like ultimately failure coming up short, or possibly are we afraid of the the great success that we could be, you know, like all the heights we could reach if we tapped into it. I think there's maybe fear both ways. Yeah, or perhaps it's the fear that no one will like us. Yeah. Because maybe we don't like ourselves, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. And um, Mm. in in our culture, do we teach people how to be elegant at being themselves? Yeah, maybe not. I mean, as a culture. Yeah. We really don't. We kind of train people to, like, fit into a mold. Yeah. That makes me think of the school system. Which is like a hot button topic for me for some reason. Well, tell me what you mean. Oh, by just like it's like the trying to conform everybody into one thing, you know, like this is what it should look like, and it's yeah, and so it becomes very patterned and systematic and one size fits all kind of a thing, rather than helping people, like you said, like explore and figure out who they really are, you know. It's like this is what you're supposed to become and kind of move everybody in the same direction. A little like hurting, you know. Yeah. And that just, I don't know, that just bugs me. Well, I'll <laughs> like, tell you. Kind of, last night. La- so um, we homeschooled my son. We mm. homeschooled my daughter. She's now an adult. But we're, we homeschooled my son. He's never gone to regular schools. Mm. And he's great at communicating with adults. He's great at communicating with people who can think. Mm-hmm. Um, he's great at uh, at at one-on-one conversations with other kids that hmm. are have the ability to think cognitively, not just uh-huh. emote. Okay. Yeah. And last night, before we were going to take him to a youth group, he was like, "I don't think I want to go because some of my the, some of the guys mm. aren't coming right now because their families are busy, and I just I have a hard time with a lot of the girls hmm. because." <laughs> They're about all these little popcorn thoughts. And he's like, I yeah. want to think deep. And he's only 13. How old is he? Yeah. He's a, he's turns 14 tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so he, <laughs> cool. he, he, he's kind of doing what you're saying. He, he doesn't think in that conformed way that school teaches you to think. Yeah. We've always forced him to figure things out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at times, it, I'll tell you, it's been hard for him. Yeah. Like the social aspect. Because socially, it's easier when you just kind of blend in. It is, isn't it? Yeah. And at that age especially, man. Like, challenging already, you know? It's funny. uh, I was just watching a clip from that movie, Captain Fantastic. Do you know that movie? I haven't seen it. (laughs) It's uh, Viggo Mortensen. Okay. And he's, like, a super alternative guy. He lives with his kids out in the wilderness, essentially, like in the forest. Gotcha. (laughs) And they live off the land, you know? For those who don't know, he's the guy who played Aragorn. Oh, yeah. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yep. He's he's like basically, I mean, he, he's not a hippie, but you kind of would think of that image, you know, he's just like earthy guy, but he his kids are super well educated and in certain things like they're learned, you know. But socially they don't fit in and when in the story when they you know kind of re-enter society, then there's this big clash, you know, cuz they're so different. But they're so advanced in a lot of ways, but then they're like remedial in other ways the social aspect interacting with the quote unquote quote normal world you know so where does our identity come from because we create our own personality okay 
we do that. Interesting. Or or we do it because others are physically or on an emotional, mm-hmm. physical, or even perhaps even spiritual way, they're they're forcing us to conform. They have some sort of authority over to us and they're force us into that mold, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. But but our identity yeah. yeah. That's like God's fingerprint, eternal fingerprint on our soul. Right. Yeah, knit together in our mother's womb and all that. Yeah, we are beautifully and fearfully made. Yeah. Ah, we are fearfully made. And that seems that people don't like that. Yeah. yeah what does that actually mean? <laughs> yeah, it means that we should be in absolute awe of who God has made us. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's an it's an awe thing. Just like the fear of the Lord doesn't mean you have to cower in the corner. Right. I, I imagine in the presence of the Lord you would want to do that, just like yeah. Moses did. Yeah. You know, you're you you even Adam did after he had sinned, you know, mm. he tried to hide. He tried to clothe himself in the skin of something that wasn't even him. Oh, there we go. There's like the personality thing coming through. Yeah. Hmm. To cover our shame. Whoever said that you were naked. Yeah. Yeah. Which is exactly the yeah, the point of that story. I think a huge point of it is where are you drawing your identity? Like who are you listening to? tell you about who you are whereas adam and eve only knew anything from god until they encountered you know satan the serpent and he started telling them something different and they started believing something different and yeah that's pretty much the story that just repeats and repeats throughout yeah it's like rinse and repeat human history yeah for every single person everybody all the time every one of us has had to face this yeah yeah we have the opportunity. There's the one voice that we can listen to that's true. Got, you know, God's voice that he put in us. And then there's every other voice in the world <laughs> that we can listen to yeah. <laughs> that all tell us something different and usually that are only like partially true if, if true at all. Right. So, but they're loud and they're sometimes attractive and Or safe or whatever, you know. Oh, oh, wow. You just did on something there. Safe. Mm -hmm. Mm. Because what is safety? I mean, it's a perception. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because if we conform to what our friends are telling us, then then we feel safe. In other words, we're not being attacked or assaulted or criticized or Mm -hmm. demeaned because we're behaving differently than them. That we perceive as safe, but it's actually the most dangerous thing we could possibly do. Because we... We we give away basically the... Basically exchange. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, what, you Sacrifice. Yeah, no, yeah. I think we're on the same track there. Like we, we make a bad trade. <laughs> we trade our true, you know, self, our true potential, all this stuff for whatever, like the imminent thing the easy thing or the safe feeling thing or the thing that makes us feel like we fit in and belong or it's almost like we would give away our godly inheritance that we're due because we're Mm -hmm. firstborn for a bowl of soup Mm -hmm. (laughs) that didn't happen in the bible (laughs) (laughs) yeah right so, okay, so what do we do with that? Yeah. Well, I think this is important. I think showing how ubiquitous ubiquitous all of this is, how, how pervasive it is, mm. how evident it is, and that we're every single one of us, you, Matt, 
Mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. We're both guilty of this mm-hmm. many, 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 many times over. But there comes a point in life, at least there has for me, when I had to call a lie a lie. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't go down that path. And I, I couldn't allow myself to continue to willingly, knowingly go down that path. I had to stop it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel bold enough or vulnerable enough to share a moment when you know that happened for you? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, I was just thinking about how there's, we have these like major significant points in our lives, like fork in the road, you know? And I think especially like believers would say, you know, there's at least one <laughs> major one that we all come to, which is like putting our faith in Christ, you know, and just surrendering to him and asking him to become Lord of our lives or inviting him. Um, but then there's also these little daily, you know, like re corrections, right? Like the little mic, there's the macro and the micro kind of, so we, at times in our lives, we take these sort of big steps forward or massive change in direction, but then we're on the path again. And there's like, it's always easy to stray off the path, even if we're on sort of the right path now. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think we forget. I think we can we can point to the major ones and say, oh, I correct course corrected here in a big way. But it's easy to sort of overlook or forget the daily course corrections. And I think that's where Satan really works is in the little stuff. Because when we're going 180 opposite of what God has for our lives, then Satan can kind of be like, you know, wash his hands and be like, we're done. <laughs> I'm done for now. I don't need to do any more because he's already well, our nature way off, you know, going the total opposite way. But when we're trying to go the right way and we start to veer slightly, then, you know, the enemy or the voices of the world, whatever, are all right there to sort of fan that flame and get us to stay off course just a little bit, just enough to where we're going to miss the mark. <laughs> yeah. Right. So for me, I don't want to avoid your question here, you know, um, I mean, I had, I had been slowly drifting for a long time, you know, having a, like an orientation towards God my whole life, but then wanting to go my own way, essentially, and going my own way slowly over time is sort of the frog in water analogy where it gets hotter and hotter, but you're not noticing it, you know, so it's very subtle and, um, slow and it essentially it was really evident in my marriage i was married and it just started to erode that all these essentially unintentional sort of selfish living like unaware you know all in a lot of ways just living out of my own wisdom doing things in my own strength and my own timing and it was all really counterproductive um, and kind of eroding the foundation of a healthy life and a healthy relationship and a healthy faith, all this kind of stuff. And there just came a point in time where I hadn't even been really consciously aware of it, but I was confronted with all of it, essentially through hearing a guy speak and kind of naming all the things that were going on in my life, you know, like he was a speaker in a, you know, big crowd. But um, I felt like what he was saying was very applicable to me. And it was like pointed right at me, you know, and uh, it brought all this stuff to the surface. And then that led me to, with the help of a friend, to actually, like, pray about it and ask God to speak into my life about what was going on. And he began to reveal things. He really immediately revealed some major things. 
And uh, so I had that major shift in direction, you know, along with some confession and then some big consequences from all of the, you know, from all the stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that, you, you just hit on something that I think in our culture today, I think we're especially poor at, and that is the recognition, the confession, yeah, the um, yeah. repentance, mm-hmm. and then accepting the forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are, yeah. Those are some big words right there that I think for me has been so helpful to learn the actual definition of those words and what they mean and what they're, they're for. Because they're all way different. Oh, yeah. I think what we le- think about those things to be like sets us on this wrong path or helps us stay just a little bit off the path. Can I quote something yeah. that I think is really important? I love this quote. Yeah. It's in the introduction to C.S. Lewis's The Great Divorce. Okay. And I think this nails it. He says, a wrong sum can be put right, but only by going back till you find the error Mm -hmm. and working it afresh. From that point, never by simply going on. (laughs) Evil can be undone, Mm -hmm. but it cannot develop into good. (laughs) And I love that. It's exactly what you keep saying in this path analogy. Yeah. We diverge at some point, and you can't just, yeah, you have to retrace your steps, essentially, and go back to that point of separation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You have to yeah. make that right. You can't just keep going yeah. and say, oh, it, I, I recognize it, but it's okay. Right. But we're super guilty of that, right? <laughs> like, isn't that sort of the making the fig leaf clothing or whatever, like making the clothes and just covering it up and going on. Covering up the sin. I can think of lots of ways that other people have done that, (laughs) you know, like in my life, but obviously I've done it a bunch too. It's like we all, that's how, that is our human nature. Like that is the sinful nature. That's how we, that's how we react in self-preservation, you know, is to do exactly that. It sure is. To avoid pain. Which kind of leads to that thought I was having a minute ago, like before we started, just of like, is the purpose of life to be in that place of good feelings, you know, (laughs) which sounds so like wrong on the surface. But when you're saying like, well, I don't know. No, you tell me your thoughts. No, 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 no. Um, I I know. I think I have an idea of where you want to go with this a little bit. And I I think it would be interesting path to to pursue for a, a few minutes here mm-hmm. so what is the purpose of life <laughs> yeah it's not like that question's never been asked before right i mean i don't know if you're aware of this but you and i right now we're not the, not the first, first ones, ones to have this conversation yeah <laughs> and yeah and and sorry spoiler we don't have the definitive answer <laughs> I, I have i actually was just thinking of um or maybe you, you, you do. <laughs> I, 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 I actually yeah. looked up the answer. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. And yeah. it depends on who you ask. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So, so for you, you asked that question, mm-hmm. what is the purpose or meaning of life? Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. What, what would that be? Or what are some thoughts on it? Mm-hmm. Maybe what we can do real quick is talk about some of the traditional things that we've heard. Mm-hmm. 
So some mm. people, like in American culture, we'll just pick on American or North American culture because I think that Canada and Mexico all do the same thing too. Okay. Just their own variation of it. What is the purpose? Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess financial success, like success, I would say, in a word. And you can apply that to whatever area. Success. Like career, yeah. Money, career, Things. family, relationships. Yeah, status, I think. Is, yeah. Stuff, experiences, just feeling but the thing that it's feeling successful Mm. right like if you feel successful then you're great think about it everybody's going to define that a little differently but if i'm sitting here and i'm feeling successful then i'm in a pretty good place right up until someone or something points out how i'm not succeeding and then i feel unsuccessful (laughs) Right. And that's the cycle that I think we all get in. I know I was in that one. And it's this roller coaster ride because I'm plugging into all these external sources of that are telling me how I'm doing, who I am and how I'm doing. It's all external. Oh, I shot a good golf score. Seriously, that was a thing for me. Like my golf game is in good shape. I feel good about myself. I feel good about life and everything kind of falls into place. I'm not playing well and it like had this weird domino effect negatively, you know, or I look at my career and it's like, seems like it's going well. I'm, I'm good. Or if it doesn't seem like it's going well, then like, what's the point? Like I'm lost, you know? (laughs) So it just, it's all external. So let's, let me go down that path just a little bit, but what, what happens if, if you have, and I'm putting this in, in air quotes here, mm-hmm. a bad day, does that make you successful, not su- successful? Does it make you feel good or feel bad? Now, look, we've all had bad days, but does a bad day, however you're going to do it, you know, it could be something like, oh, you stubbed your toe in the morning mm-hmm. or you had a loss of a family member, you know, all can create sure. that idea, that idea, notion of a bad day. But does that wreck your life? You know, does that change your behavior? Right. Your core behavior. Right. And I think for a lot, it does. Yeah. Totally. I think that, well, I was thinking of the, you know, being built on the rock versus being built on the sandy shoreline land, you know, that talks about in scripture. And it's like, yeah, when, when we're building our life on a not solid foundation, then things tend to shift around a lot. <laughs> Matt, I just got off a call. I, I, as a, I worked kind of a part-time job as a consultant hmm. and for new chiropractors. Mm-hmm. And the things I really heavily stress at the beginning are, do you know your why? What is your purpose? What is your drive in life? What is your calling? Mm-hmm. What is your why? Do you have those things answered? And if you do, then you're on a rock-solid foundation. Uh-huh. Here's the thing. I, I nail that into people. I mean, I drill it. It is there. And then they get graduated. So these are new chiropractic student or chiropractors who had just graduated. And then all of a sudden they get tested for the first time. And normally it's delays and not being able to create their own deadlines and schedules. Mm -hmm. And then they say, oh, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, have you looked back at what your principles are? Your foundational components that cannot be shaken? They're like, oh, I forgot about those. (laughs) And I think this, this is a silly example. This is just opening a business. Right. But in our life. Yeah. When do we say, okay, Lord, but really me Mm -hmm. now 
I have these other things I'd like to do. And then so what we do is we start to pursue them, but they take us away from our foundation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and are you talking about like, yeah, it can be major or minor things, yeah, right? Yeah, like, exactly. It can just be like spending more time playing video games or whatever, right? What a worthy investment. Yeah. I need to pursue that. Or probably. just getting like, yeah, just getting into like political news or, yeah. you know. Or Facebook. Yeah, yeah, right. Any number of things. Again, from like the more harmless, quote unquote, to overtly harmful like drugs or something like that, you know, all that stuff. But it's all kind of a symptom of the same problem. It sure is. Sometimes the more quote-unquote harmless things are more harmful because they're so covert. Just kind of get lost in our little world of whatever. Golf, you know, for me to go back to that example. Well, yeah. I'm just going <laughs> to get lost spend in the more hours of our practicing life. to try to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah kind of just thinking back to to my own story like it was it did take retracing the steps like c.s lewis is talking about you know like going back and this has happened with me now several times for several different aspects of my life and i know that it'll continue to happen is to it's to allow god in like to invite the holy spirit in to search us and know us and reveal the false way essentially to like point out that place in my past where my perception or belief diverged from what's true, right? So right. there's this absolute truth about right. me, about who God made me to be. He, you know, created me on purpose, a certain way on purpose. And when I am looking to him for, like, the information on what that is, like on who he made me to be and what he wants me to do with it, then I'm kept in perfect peace, right? Because I'm focused on him, not on all the circumstantial stuff. And that makes me feel good. Like it, when, I'm, when I'm in that place, then I also, you know, emotionally feel good. That's kind of the point of that whole thing. Like if the point of life is to feel good, meaning that like the point of life is to gain our identity from the right source and then to live in that identity, and you were talking about Jesus being, I think you, you were saying like him being the example for us. You're alluding to that anyway. You're right. And I think that's one of the big things that maybe gets missed or just not emphasized in Bible teaching is that Jesus' humanity and how he demonstrated what a perfect human life looks like instead of like, well, he was God, so he could just, you know, overcome all this stuff. Or he was, he walked around on earth, but really he was God, so he really didn't experience life like we do. But that's not what it says. It says he was fully man, and he experienced everything that a human experiences, all the temptation, all the fear, all the emotional up and down, everything. He was hungry. He bled. Right. Yeah, he's fasted for 40 days. I'm sure he was starving and tired and weak, you know. And then he was tempted, like mm -hmm. at his most vulnerable point. And yet, because he always looked to the Father and allowed God to instruct him, essentially, like fill him up with the right information and the right perspective, he, he always did that perfectly. <laughs> and so he always acted and thought and behaved perfectly. Because he was continually and forever <laughs> always connected to the perfect source of life. Right, exactly. He never tried to gain any of that stuff from what the world could offer. He was always gaining it from God, 
And that's his model to us is that that's what we can do too. So we can, we can be like him in that we can be, have our eyes on God, you know, being filled by the Holy Spirit and living out of that, not living out of what we experience here. You know, that is absolutely encouraging and seems absolutely impossible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just the reality. Well, it is, impo- it is impossible for us, like, right. in our humanity. It's right. Yeah. And so what becomes in our the way our brains work, it becomes easier for us to find the next thing. Mm-hmm. That's just, you know, that's an impossible standard while, while we have this flesh and blood mm-hmm. coursing through our veins. That That's, well, that's nice, Matt. Mm-hmm. But I can't get there, so mm-hmm. I'm just going to find the next thing, whether it's um, drugs, alcohol, mm-hmm. uh, abusive behaviors, pornography, whatever you want to put mm-hmm. the vice in. Right. Or work. It could oh, be yeah. work. Right. Yeah. You know? Whatever Dedicating the, ourselves to, yeah. Yeah. To so this we or use, that. We use those things as this elixir. Yeah. To satisfy the longing of our heart. But it yeah. only leaves us empty. Right. So how do we strive for that thing that's you know Mm. I I think there's moments when I felt that connection in a beautiful way Mm -hmm. but most of the time I don't so how do we always look to that yeah it's interesting because I just you got me thinking back towards those big religious words confession repentance Mm. forgiveness you know and I think honestly we probably need to do like an in-depth thing on all of those let's do separately you know because they're so so key but maybe just to like highlight them here, because I think it's where this conversation is going. You know, the confession is just telling the truth, like being honest. It's almost like step one of the 12 steps, you yeah. know, yeah. like admit you need admit, help. Admit you have a problem. I cannot do this on my own. That's the point I got to is like, I've tried everything I can. And actually the harder I try to get something, the further away it seems to get from me. And I've experienced that long enough that I'm just done <laughs> with that you know that approach so lord i am unable to accomplish these things on my own essentially was my confession (laughs) and he's like thank you i know you know yes i just been waiting for you to come to that point where you're honest and we we can speak in truth now and now we can work like now we can go forward that was like going back to that point in the road you know, right, that diversion, retracing <clears throat> our the, steps, yeah, to yeah. the fork in yeah, the road. Yeah, the fork, exactly. So confession was big, is huge, and that can be daily. That there's like these big significant ones in our lives that we need to do to like have a major shift. And there's also like the little daily, like oh, right now I feel like I need to stress about money, or I need to worry about this or that. Like Lord, I confess, gosh, I'm just worried about this right now. What's the truth of the situation, you know? And then this is the one I think that really gets missed. And you can tell me what you think about this, but repentance, I think that we tend to think and get taught that repentance is something that we do. Like, I repent of this. I am never going to look at porn again or whatever. Like you've said that, you know, like I'm going to change my behavior or, you know, I'm tough. I'm strong. I can do this. And I've come to believe that repentance is something we receive. So here's the thing. What you just said there is key because... What you were saying is what we think repentance is. Mm-hmm. I will never do. No. Yeah. That, that's a personal vow. Right. That's impossible to maintain. That's, that's us not doing repentance. Doing it our own strength. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
the repentance I think is, okay, God, what is the truth? You tell it to me and the change, I'm going to change, allow myself to be changed. Like I have believed this was what I needed and you're telling me this is what I need and I'm going to accept that, believe it, and then live like that is true. That is going the new way, believing the new thing, which is the gospel essentially according to Jesus when he came. You know, he started preaching the gospel of God. This is the first thing he talks about in Mark 1. <clears throat> is not that I'm going to die on the cross and save you from your sins so you can go to heaven. That's not what he was saying. He's saying the time is now. The kingdom is here. Repent and believe the, the good news, the new thing, the new reality that I'm going to show you. Mm-hmm. That you can have right now. Right now. And, and what that does, that uh, what Christ did and does is usher in freedom mm-hmm. we're on our own we've just spent so many so much of our life digging ourselves deep in these holes right and if we turn around just for a moment a if we were to, of our own making yeah look <laughs> back behind us uh-huh. we just see these holes that have been dug over and over and some of them are really deep mm-hmm. <laughs> and the whole time christ is saying just sit at my feet yeah I, I'm enough. Yeah. I've made you enough. Yeah. Yeah. Because of me, you are enough. Yeah. 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 So what about the person who doesn't believe this? What about the person who doesn't know Jesus? What are Mm -hmm. they to do? Mm -hmm. I mean, because that's a, that's, I can't, for me, I can't imagine being in that position. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, that makes me think of the whole lukewarm thing, you know. I wish you were hot or cold, because when you're kind of in the middle, it's like, bleh, God just wants to makes him want to puke. Essentially, is what he's it's saying. Like room temperature coffee. Yeah, what is going on in this cup? Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, like, when you're hot and on fire, obviously that's great. I mean, you're like pursuing him and what he's got for you and all that kind of stuff. I think that when you're cold, like at the far other end of the spectrum, you're maybe the next closest person. And I think of like Paul, Saul, who became Paul. And anywhere through the Bible, you can find examples of this. And usually I I like to pose it as a question and make somebody go do their own research. Well, maybe I'll just ask you and see what you say. But what's the common denominator between many, if not all, of the big, you know, characters in the Bible that had a story noteworthy enough that it made it into Scripture, (laughs) you know, what was true about what happened in their life that's kind of a common theme well they were all broken Mm -hmm. every single one yeah and then how did they get out of that like what what happened well i I like uh one character one person in history that i've become um fascinated with is nebuchadnezzar Hmm. okay okay because here he was king Mm -hmm. of all babylon Mm mm-hmm yeah, big empire, everything. Yeah. He was yeah. he was the dude, yeah. you know. Right. He he was it, and he on his own had created his kingdom the way he wanted. He had anything and everything he wanted at the moment's notice. Mm-hmm. His personality had been so structured in such a way hmm. that if he thought it, it would happen. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And then God struck him down caused insanity to enter his mind yeah that what he had done was not enough Mm. it was not enough Mm -hmm. and because it would never be enough god by his grace 
allowed him to become like a wild beast. Mm-hmm. Where the dew of the you know the mm. dew covered him. He became hairy. He became yeah. rogue. He became like this feral person yeah. out in the woods. Yeah, and yeah. he was like that until he was redeemed. Until redeemed. yeah, he was redeemed. He was redeemed not on his own doing. He was yeah. beyond broken. So if you want to go to that example of hot and cold, yeah. he was as cold as you could get. Right. He was literally living in the wilderness. Right. And then he was yeah. redeemed and he was made right. Yeah. And he was restored to his kingship, but he was restored because God placed him there and his life was forever different. Yep. Yep. Yes. And that's cool and I never thought of I wasn't thinking about him uh, no one <laughs> as, uh, as the example, but that is totally a great example. Yeah. Rede- I love that you said redeemed because that's sort of the word that was, I think, is underneath all of this. It it's is, like how it? do we get personality to identity or how do we get any – because all these things we're talking about in our lives aside from like drugs and, you know, murdering people and stuff like that, or the, you know, working harder or believing in a political cause or, you know, any playing golf better, like all that kind of stuff is all good, especially though when it's redeemed. When it's made Then it right. becomes a great thing. Otherwise, it can become an idol, a false god or whatever in our lives. It yeah. has the wrong place in our life. But so, okay, so you said, you know, basically God intervened. He kind of intervened to send him down which was also actually like a merciful thing to save him from himself, kind of. And then he intervened again to, how did that come about? Like, how did he go from, because he was restored, essentially, at least as a person. And as king. And as king, yeah, I forget. So what happened? Do you remember the? Well, how about we read it? We could look it up. Yeah, how about we just um, go straight to the source, because I think that going to the source material the way it it's actually good, good plays idea. out. <laughs> yeah. Do you know where it's at? I, I do. Yeah. It's in Daniel. Right. And because I'm looking at a Bible I don't use often, I'm just going to do this. So, yeah, what happens is Nebuchadnezzar has this dream, and he asks mm. Daniel to interpret it. And this is in Daniel chapter 4, and it begins here in verse 28. I'm not going to – I'll probably skip around a little bit. He says, all this happened to King Nebuchadnezzar. Twelve months later, as the king was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon, he said, Is not this great Babylon, is not this great Babylon I have built as the royal residence, my mighty power, and for the glory of my majesty? Mm -hmm. Boom. (laughs) And then the words were still on his lips when a voice came from heaven. This is what is decreed for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Your royal authority has been taken from you. It's revoked. Mm-hmm. That's what it's saying right here. Boom. Yeah. You will be driven away from the people and will live with the wild animals. You will eat on grass like cattle. Seven times will pass. So for seven years, this happened. will pass by you for your before until you acknowledge that the Most High is the sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives to them anyone he wishes. Immediately, what had been said about Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled. He was driven away from the people, ate grass like cattle. His body was drenched with the dew of heaven until his hair grew like the feathers of an eagle and his nails and claws of a <laughs> bird. 
at the end of this time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, I love this, hmm. this section right here, because this is him. Yeah. This is, these are Nebuchadnezzar's words here. At the end of this time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes towards heaven, and with my sanity, and, or raised my eyes towards heaven, and my sanity was restored. Then I praised the Most High. I honored and glorified yeah. him who lives forever. Hmm. And it goes on with a little bit more. I should have put my reading glasses on because I could not see those letters. So, <laughs> man, but that's just wow. That he was insane. Yeah, and he looked towards like he called out to God. Essentially, he, he, yeah, exactly. And whether we're doing the calling out or whether God's kind of breaking in, this is the point I think that we need to really underscore and like hammer home is that it takes God intervening in our lives in a very real way. Like you were asking the question about what about somebody who doesn't believe this or who hasn't experienced this or hasn't grown up with all this knowledge, you know, of like the Bible or whatever. Yeah, it all it all starts when we like turn our eyes towards heaven and in one way or another and God breaks in. God's there. Yeah. You know, he he is the, always there for us. At some point in our life, we will be we will not gain sanity mm-hmm. until we answer that call. Yeah, yeah, and that even that may still sound a little too like theoretical or ethereal for for some people. You're you know, right. like what does that You're mean? Right. Like God, and I, so I I think my challenge or whatever is just to just do it, like try it, test it. Be like, okay, God. My life is going, you know, whatever it's going, but I'm, it's not really working out. And, uh, you know, I've tried all the stuff that I can think to try and it's not really clicking. (laughs) So I want to, I'm testing you out. Like, show me, break in, like, show me what, like, show me something different. Prove it. Ask God to prove himself to you. Do it. Yep. Just try it. (laughs) Say over the course of this week, you know, like, or next month or whatever it's going to be, you know. All right, let's see what you can do, you know. Isn't that true, though, about people who, who do know him, too? They totally. they don't test God. Yeah. They don't say, you know what, Lord? Show me yeah. that you are master of my life. Yeah. Prove to me that my finances, my life, my marriage, my commitments, mm-hmm. my business, my whatever is going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. Prove it to me. You do the work. You do the heavy lifting because right. according to Galatians 2.20, mm-hmm. We die if you accept Jesus as who He says He is. Mm-hmm. Then you have died, and it is no longer you who live, but Christ that lives in you. Yeah. But all we do is continue to throw the stuff on our own shoulders yeah. and act like the some Sherpa of our own cares and mm-hmm. concerns. Hmm. We just bear these everywhere, and we'll never make it to the top of our own Everest that way. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole, man, that's a whole nother, that's a huge lesson that I was especially learning a couple of months ago is this whole life through death, like things, some things have to die. We We have have to to die die in order to, for us to find real life. Uh, That's a, that's another whole can of worms there. I think this has been, at least for me, it's been a great exploration of thought and idea and what promises and lies are Hmm. yeah for sure yeah it feels like skimming the surface of a pretty rich topic 
Yeah. You know? I think we'll explore this more, mm-hmm. don't you? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you everyone so much for listening. Please share this podcast with others so they get a chance. Um, I think over the next few weeks, you're going to hear us um, trying to make this a little bit bigger mm-hmm. and see what can happen. And uh, we sure we, we would not do this if we didn't feel like there was a reason for it. And um, our hope and our prayer um, is that one person will learn one thing and hopefully mm-hmm. tens of thousands will learn something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Amen. All right. Bye-bye, everyone.